This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. My name is Rich Bradbury and this is Cruise Control. I'm joined by my friends uh, Daniel Fernandez from DSF.my. Say hello, Daniel. Hello and good evening, everybody. And welcome to the most listened to radio show in Asia. <laughs> of course. I'm also joined by Annie Johan. Uh, and the interesting thing is today, those two are in the studio and I'm not. That's a rarity this time. It's a rare occasion to have Daniel Fernandez in the studio with us. Indeed, it's, it's a bit a of a switcheroo, you might say. Yes. Okay, uh, a show in three parts. Then we've got some uh, local news coming up first, of course. And then we have a bit of a short update about some sneaky news we're hearing about. Uh, is it official? Do we know? Is it? Is it's, it? It's not official yet, but it, it's okay. almost official. But we'll talk about it later. We'll, we'll talk about it later. Uh, it, it's one of the national cars. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, and then coming up at the end of the show, of course, the used car review, the Mini Countryman 1.6 for all. For all indeed. Okay. Uh, onwards and upwards with the local news. What have we got? Right, local news front, a lot of SUV launches this week. First up, Mercedes-Benz announced a compact SUV last week. The GLA 200 has now been upgraded from its previous edition, powered by a 1.3-litre turbocharged inline four engine, Daniel. Yes, so... This is actually the same engine as the previous model, but the car has been upgraded a bit, facelifted, you know, because why? Now all the petrol-powered vehicles need to, you know, tweak a little bit, tweak a little bit to keep the interest coming because people are still looking at electric cars. Whether they can afford it or not, whether they can get it charged or not, they're still very, very interested in electric cars because they're tax-free. Now, these cars, of course, are not tax-free because they're petrol-powered cars. So the GLA uh-huh. 200 is a 1.3-litre turbocharged engine, and there's nothing wrong with that because it's got a seven-speed gearbox running producing 163 horsepower and 250 newton meters of torque. Now, the previous model, which was just a year ago, it had 161 horsepower. So, two horsepower up. So, I wonder what they did. Tweaked it, lightened it. You know, they did something. Two horsepower? Yeah, two horsepower. It's still horsepower, right? Okay, so the 0 to 100 dash in 8.7 seconds, still the same dash. Now, the previous one was 242,000 ringgit. This latest version is, Ali, share with us the price. Price. Drum roll, 258,000 ringgit, 888. Mm. Oh, oh, yeah. So why has the price gone up? Taxes, logistic costs, transportation. Two horsepower. Two horsepower. <laughs> you know, all this costs money, so you can't blame them. So a lot of people are going to say, you know, I can get an electric car from China for far cheaper. Now, again, we've said this a long time ago, suddenly Malaysians are, uh, are warming up to the fact that a Chinese-made car is no longer a bad thing, you know? <laughs> it's actually, ah, I can compare it to a premium German car. But can I? Can you? It's up to you to decide. Yeah, mm. so the GLA 200 by Mercedes-Benz joins the ranks in the very crowded compact SUV segment. Also this week, BMW, they kicked off this year on a very high note. Uh, they opened a new Auto Bavaria showroom in Balakong. A powerful statement by previewing this locally assembled BMW X5, X-Drive 50e SUV as well. That's a mouthful, huh? Mm. It's not the easiest of names to remember, <laughs> is it? Yeah, so BMW has moved the game up because they're doing very well. Last year, they sold almost 15,000 vehicles you know, with all their brands, including Rolls-Royce and Motorrad. So they're very happy. They, they delivered more than 3,000 electric vehicles. So okay. that's all good news for them. I think they are the number one electric 
car uh, seller in Malaysia right now. Right now, right now. But the rest are catching up. The Chinese brands are catching up, especially BYD. So BMW oh. has done the most obvious thing, putting up a brand new showroom in the same vicinity as their immediate competitor in Balakong. <laughs> oh. You've got to do that. You would do that. <laughs> but Any the, smart businessman would do that. Yeah, so very close to their, their main competitor, they've opened this huge showroom. Very yeah. impressive. It's, it's said to be their biggest and most up-to-date showroom. And they launched a car, the, the, the mouthful, okay, the X5 X Drive 50E SUV. Now, the going price, a hefty 530,000 wow. ringgit. So, okay, there okay. again, this is the thing. Now, the BMW iX, the full electric SUV, is about the same price. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's, it's what everyone is talking about right now. So, will you buy it? A brand new iX, or would you buy this X5? I think BMW oh. product planners in Malaysia understand that you know the electric car charge is coming more for SUVs. So maybe this is just you know, I have it in the showroom. There might be some people who say I don't want a full electric car, just yet. Just yet, yeah. It's a plug-in hybrid. Comes with a three-liter twin-power turbocharged engine, making 489 horsepowers and 700 newton meters of torque. That's the new X5 plug-in hybrid. Also. New last week, Audi, they launched uh, two new high-performance models, the SQ8 e-tron and the SQ8 Sportback. Daniel Fernandez and us from the BFMs were there for the launch. It was a good time, good lamb. I remember. <laughs> I, I, I didn't have a meal. I was, I was too excited about the, the whole car launch. Mm-hmm. It was an amazing looking vehicle. Very muscular, white hunches at the back, you know. It's a very, very attractive SUV. It's more like, a, how would I say, like a sports car on steroids, you know. Yeah. Mm. Sports car on steroids. So, Audi has done a great thing. They've brought in the whole electric car range right now. They've got the sports car. They've got the compact SUV. Now they've got this big SUV. Now, the word big is not that big, actually. It's about the same size as, um, I would say, the old Q5. Mm. Okay, yeah. But yeah. slightly lower, slightly wider. Now, the prices were the most amazing thing. Because why? They've managed to bring the price just a little bit above 500,000 ringgit. Okay, yes, it's electric, tax-free and everything else. But you must understand, these cars are still coming from Germany. There's a lot of tech in it, including that very funky, stylish side-view mirror, which is a camera. Yes. Uh-huh. They call it the virtual camera. I mean, that is something which you haven't seen on any other vehicle right now. And, you know, the only question I had to ask one of the managers as he was, as he was leaving, that's why I didn't have time to have lunch, asked him and said, hey, uh, Bud, can I ask you a question? If in Malaysia we have so many motorcycles whizzing in, if one of them came and smashed into this side view mirror, how much would it cost? Okay. And, he and? smiled and looked at me and says, why must you make life difficult for me? <laughs> I said, no, I just want to know how much it'll cost. Yeah. So he told me, he said, actually, they don't know. Because why? They've not had a situation yet, you know? I was actually there when Daniel asked uh, the Audi manager about the price of this side mirror. He went from between ten to 25,000 ringgit. <laughs> he did not land on a price. So I don't know, actually. Okay, so he was making a wild guess. Now, online, okay. you can buy this for just under 2,000 ringgit. Isn't this the same kind of tech that they're using, like, Group 3 racing cars? Like, that kind of stuff, maybe, right? Maybe, mm. maybe. But I think uh. it's more like, you know, like, you know, cameras are so cheap nowadays. Yeah. High-definition cameras are not, not that expensive. So if you think about yeah. it with the casing and everything else, and, you know, Audi has got a big presence in China. So I'm sure this mm. is made in China under license and they're selling. Mm. Because the, 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 the product that I looked at was grade A, not the grade B or C. Mm. So 
not that expensive. In fact, wait, wait, wait. Why is the grade B, C, and A, A, B, and C? I thought they'd just be one grade for this. Well, you it? do have fakes coming in from from uh, online oh, I shopping. See. Yeah, I see, I see. You do have uh-huh. fakes. So if you compare it to a side view mirror with bliss and and sensors and all, like a normal mm. car side view mirror, some of them cost more than this. So actually, this is a cheaper option. Yeah. Okay. And the way it works is kind of nice because they're just two camera bars jutting out the side of your door but inside you are shown your left and right views on a screen that's at the end of your car door it's kind of a neat technology yes the, the only thing ask, is you have to look down a little bit yeah correct let me ask a question then. I mean Daniel I know you're a big fan of like tactile things and yes. knobs and you know whatever and you know right I, I, I get that which do you prefer do you prefer the old school normal wing mirror uh, that will probably cost you about 50 bucks to replace right or do you prefer you know so it's great tech I love the idea of this but it's expensive but in terms of usage which do you prefer I still have to go to old tech because I'm an old man. You see, even now when you have reverse cameras, I yeah. still look at the rear view mirror and I still turn to look at the back because I can still turn. You know, I'm, I'm not that old. My neck uh-huh. is still able to turn 45 degrees and have a look at the back. I cannot use the camera as a guide. Right. I just cannot accept it. That's just me. But I can see like my kids. My kids will love this. They'll say, hey. This is the way. In fact, they said this is like a video game. Yes. Yeah, you know? exactly yeah. like a video game. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the screen clarity is superb. Super. Mm. So anyway, Audi has got this car in the market. Prices are just above five hundred thousand. You can go and buy one right now. I think you should test drive it in the city and find somewhere where you got a lot of little motorcycles whizzing in and out and just have some fun with that side view mirror, <laughs> side view camera. Sorry. Right. All right. Uh, all right. We got some global headlines uh, this week. Two car companies uh, are signing on um, battery deals. One of them, BYD, are in talks with Brazil's Sigma Lithium for a supply deal for their batteries, as well as Hyundai, who already signed with Ganfeng Lithium Group for EV battery supply. Daniel, these are great business moves for these companies. Of course. So, you know, BYD is already number one in the world for electric cars. So, I think they've got they've got lithium coming out of China and northern China and some of the surrounding areas. But why they're going and working with these people in Brazil, I think, is very simple. You can forecast that the demand is not going to get less. The demand is just going to spiral upwards. BYD is coming out with so many new electric cars. Malaysia is just a tip of the iceberg because the kind of models I've seen in China that they've got in, in, the, in, the, in the showroom is like, you know, a dozen electric vehicles. And this is where not only China is consuming them, Europe is consuming them, America is consuming them, and soon, you know, they're going to be everywhere. So securing the raw material is a priority for anybody who wants to get into the space right now. Your good friend, Mr. Elon Musk, has done the same thing. He's secured his lithium ion for the next don't know how many years. So even now for Hyundai, Hyundai has gone and and worked out with uh, Ganfeng Lithium Group, you know, for battery supply. Now, Mm. again, this is something you know. This is the engine of the electric car. Lithium is a raw material. The battery is, is the engine. So without it, you can't do the sale. And if you can't do the sale, you might as well close shop. Mm. I know there was, uh, I remember reading about this on on Reuters a while ago, in September, I think it was, a Brazilian court put an injunction up to halting the sale of uh, or mining of two plots of land where uh, Sigma Lithium wanted to take over. Mm. Uh, They were planning on doing open pits in areas that were uh, potentially to be deforested. Right. I, I know I'm getting a little bit political here when it should be a car show. Mm. But, you know, that, that's an issue that obviously we are going to be talking about a lot more as we move forward because these areas often are in places where there are, is forest or there is natural reserves. You know, and as <laughs> we see this growth for EV cars expanding, we're going to be hearing more and more of these stories. Yeah. Last piece of news 
for this week, and this one's close to Daniel's heart. Uh, it seems like all signs are pointing to uh, Volkswagen Golf GTI turning mm. into an electric car mm. in the next couple sad of years, news. Daniel. Sad news, really sad no news. Lo- it's no longer room room, it's... <laughs> <laughs> That's Richard trying to pretend to be an electric car. Okay, so <laughs> the Golf GTI, you know, I mean, when when they came out with a, with a toggle switch as a gear shifter in the Mark 8, I was already... Why did he do this? We want a proper shifter. Even if it's a DSG, we want a proper shifter. But they came in a little toggle switch and then we said, oh, but amazingly, mm. all the traditional Golf GTI nuts started buying the car. And I said, I met some of them and said, why are you buying this? There's a toggle switch. It's still a GTI. It drives far. It handles well. It's priced right. It looks great. Blah, 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 blah. Then I realized people are changing with times. I'm still a dinosaur. I'm still sitting in the cave, (laughs) you know, writing on the walls, you know. (laughs) So now they're saying it's going to go full electric. And, you know, when I put this article up, there were four people that contacted me. Is this true? Is this really happening? So I said, listen, you know, you all are all diehard GTI owners. Keep your cars. Keep your cars for as long as possible. Try and hand it down to your kids. Try and keep it as a retirement product. Because why? Nowadays, maintenance is not that high. You've got aftermarket workshops. You've got a lot of parts in the market. They're great cars. Whether they're Mark 6, Mark 7, or Mark 8, they're great cars. But if you go all electric, I don't think there's going to be a reduction in demand. I think there's even going to be more people wanting a GTI because yeah. all the crazy electric car lovers will say, now I can get a GTI electric, you know? Yeah, yeah. I agree with you. I, mm. I think demand will retain, I mean, probably even go up. Yes. Uh, the only thing is, how boring will it look? Because electric cars it's tend a, to look boring. It's a GTI. It's not going to look boring. Come it, on. Well, I hope. I hope because I've seen the, the current... You know, Volkswagen electric cars, and they're all quite a bit, uh, they're not exciting. Yeah. Mm, mm. I don't know. Temper your expectations on that. I think Volkswagen have that understanding that people love the GTI so much. They cannot mess this up. They should not mess this up. But you see, and I'll say this, you heard it here first. Actually, no, like you heard it here before. <laughs> <laughs> they gave up the Beetle. They gave that's up the Beetle. That, that's a very good point, actually. And then yeah. when they Who gave up the Beetle, everybody cried, wow, why? And then Great Wall Motors came out with the Aura Good Cat, yeah, looking indeed. like a four-door Beetle. That's yeah. right, that's right. Right, you know, so okay. you can see there's still a demand for that quirky, family-loving shape, you know? Yeah, yeah. All right, folks, of course, you are tuned into Cruise Control, the car show here on BFM. I'm Rich Bradbury, and as usual, joined by Ali Johan and Daniel Fernandez from DSF.my. When we come back, a short update about a uh, EV partnership. Uh, more on that after these messages here on BFM 89.9. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Welcome back to Cruise Control. Uh, We're into the second part of the show here, of course. My name is Rich Bradbury, and as usual, Daniel and Ali is with me. Uh, Now, we kind of teased you at the beginning of the show uh, about a a national car company, and now we have a potential uh, EV partnership. There are two national cars. You've got a 50% chance of getting who it is correct. Ali, who is it? (laughs) It's the number one national car. It's Perdua. Ah, yeah. There we go. Okay. So Perdua, 
were recently with the Miti Minister Tenko Zafrol at, at a meeting with some Italians, but they didn't say which company. They said they were in a meeting with Italians, so they shared the picture online. Miti shared the pictures, and you could see uh, the head of Perdua yeah, there, yeah. some people from the engineering department, and you see some, you know, some uh, some Italian businessmen uh-huh. sitting there. Nice There's a whiteboard, you know. They were, I think, uh-huh. I think they were wearing a nice suit, and then of course our Miti Minister and some other people from Miti, all looking and smiling. But you know, we tried to to enlarge the picture. To see what's on the what's on the board at the back, but we couldn't mm. get any form of a logo or word or description of which company this is. So we put the we put the article up, and then we said, you know, you know, Perdua is in talks with uh, an Italian partner for electric cars and everything else. And the feedback we got was quite funny because everyone is saying, how can they do this? They should be talking to someone in Japan. Uh, they should be talking to someone at least in China because China is the EV hub right now. Uh, this is my guess, and it's not that you heard it here first or anything. It's just my guess. I, I've been analyzing this whole situation, uh, looking at what Perdua is doing and what why Miti brought them to Italy. Um, this is what I think. Now, number one, China, yes, fair. You can go to so many Chinese manufacturers now and say, I'm looking for a small, compact electric car. Let's bring it in. I'm going to rebadge it at Perdua. But Perdua is a national car. They want as much as possible to do a lot of the work here. They want to also produce the vehicle here because mm-hmm. that's where they get their tax concession and everything else. Plus, they've got a whole pool of vendors that's already in their, in their database and in their, in their working uh, conditions. So why go and buy a car and rebatch? I'm not going to say it's wrong, but I think what they're trying to do is they're trying to do it from, from scratch. But if you think about it, gentlemen, now, some people said, oh, if it's in Italy, it's definitely going to be a rebatch Fiat. Now, Fiat... Mm. 500e the electric car first mm. of all is not a successful electric car italy does not like electric cars yes that's the thing right so they sell they, they sell in good numbers but yeah. you know it's it doesn't have a very good distance it's not the most uh, reliable not to say reliable no, no, not the most fun to drive and everything else lah you know their mm. normal their normal cars are great okay now you also have Ferrari. Now, of course, you can't be talking to Ferrari, you know, to build an electric car for Perdua. A Perdua Ferrari kind yes. of partnership <laughs> seems yes. a little odd. Yes. Now you can't be talking to Maserati because Maserati does not have a full electric car program by themselves. They are part of the Stellantis group, and it doesn't make sense. Then Alfa Romeo, same thing, part of the Stellantis group. They don't have their own electric car. So if you're talking to someone in Italy, if you're talking to a company in Italy, who are you talking to? You're talking to a vendor, a company that builds something for electric cars. So this is what I'm saying. Italians are known for motors. Mm-hmm. They're well known for their motors. I mm-hmm. think the company that we're talking to is a motor provider and also maybe a company that is doing platforms. Then you go and talk to another company company, say say someone in China or Japan, for your battery pack. Right. And then you bring it all here and you put it together. Because why? Electric cars have very few components. The main components is a platform, a battery, and your electric motors. Now, electric yeah. motors are as important as the battery pack. So if you get these two very important combinations, and then maybe, you, maybe even you might say, my current platform, let me see whether I can work it out, you know? Because it's going to be a cheap and cheerful car. Mm. Because if they make this electric car more than 80,000 ringgit, double A jalan lah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because the, the Chinese cars will come in at 100, 110. So, you know, that 30,000, 20,000 gap, 
can can sway a lot of people. But if you put it below sixty five thousand, you put it around sixty thousand, you'll get the mass population coming in and saying, "I can adopt into an electric car." Now, plenty of people are saying, "Oh, you know, Perdua is late to the game. This, that, everything." Hello, our charging infrastructure right now is is good enough for what we have sold last year, 10,000 over electric cars. Our charging infrastructure is developing as we go along, and we'll be talking about it next week again, Richard, I'm sure. Indeed. Uh, yes. But meanwhile, if you start selling a 60,000 ringgit or even 70,000 ringgit electric car to the mass population, there's going to be an overload of, uh, of uh, cars needing charging. Yeah. So the charging infrastructure needs to work in the next couple of years to get to the level where Perdua can develop a full homegrown electric car and sell it to as many people as possible. Ah, okay. Well, that puts us in a bit of a predicament, doesn't it? Because we know that the projections for, as you were saying, the amount of charging stations is set at one thing. Yes. There's a potential that that could be reassigned and realigned. Where does that leave us then? It leaves us to be a little bit patient. <laughs> yeah, what, yeah. We have to be patient because why? Perdua cannot rush and build this because why? They've been known for reliability. They've been known for you mm. know producing cars that last a long time, good resale value and everything else. Because why? The demographic of buyers are looking for this. They buy yeah. a Perdua because of this. So if they're going to produce an electric car, they must tick all these boxes and make sure this car is going to be reliable, easy to own, easy to charge have enough charging points. Because why? People who buy these cars also live in flats, PKNS housing. You know, yeah. you, you, you can't have charging stations in all these places. Mm-mm-mm. So you need public charging. And you must have public charging close to these kind of locations where there's a densely populated electric car ownership. Say, for example, you know, Kampong Kerinci, Gomba, yeah. Taman Maluri, Wangsa Maju, Shah Alam, you know? Yeah. Places like that. And they've got to be quick charge as well. Well... Quick charging doesn't is is not kind to electric car batteries. Mm-hmm. It's always advisable to do slow charging. You know, even I know, but I mean, if we're looking at, at mass production and right. we're looking at mass adoption, quick charging has to be fixed somehow. Okay, then it has to be new technology batteries. Now, to, new technology batteries that means if you're moving away from what we have right now, it's going to be very expensive. Yeah. So I don't think Perdua can can get those expensive batteries into a car costing less than eighty thousand, even without any tax, mm. unless okay. uh, unless something magical happens in the next uh, six months to a year. We could have on our hands a very compact EV by Perdua, like a Kanchil or a exactly Kalisa exactly. Size. Because if you look at what's coming out of China, like the Woolings and the Netas, they're all small. Would this be like some kind of version of a a Malaysian Italian? K car kind of electric version. Correct. K car. That's the right word. You got it there. That's nice. Ah. If you look at Thailand right now, compact electric Mm. cars like Netta and Wuling and Chang'an and and another brand I can't remember right now. When I went for the the Thai Motor Expo last year, they are selling in the thousands because why? There's no protection system there. So these cars are like 40, 45,000 ringgit. So mm. you could get something like that here, but these cars are tiny. Yeah. These cars mm. are really small. I mean, Richard can't get into some of these cars. Mm. Take the grab, Richard. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, indeed, indeed. All right, let's take a short break then. Uh, fascinating discussion. Uh, folks, stick with us. We'll be right back after these messages. We have a used car review. Of, it is something that used to be small, but not, not so small anymore. The Mini Countryman 1.6 for all. We'll be right back on Cruise Control after these messages here on BFM 89.9.
BFM 89.9, the business station. Welcome back to Cruise Control. We've had uh, two of our three parts of the show so far. Uh, of course, we had some news at the top of the show. We had an update on a potential uh, Peridua EV partnership. We're kind of speculating as to who it might be over in Italy. Is it an Italian company entirely? Is it a partnership? We don't know. More on that uh, when we find out. Of course, now, though, um, a car review, a used car review. The Mini Countryman 1.6 for all. Um, tell us a bit about this then, Daniel. Okay, so we've been test driving a lot of new cars. We actually have a bank of three reviews to share with you guys on BFM. But when a friend of mine came over a few weeks ago and said, no, I need to get a car for my for myself, uh, for me and my wife to share, basically. You know, he's, he's getting rid of his two current cars. He's retired. He wants one car for both of them to share. And he wants something a bit of fun, something a bit quirky, something, something to be, you know. He basically wanted to be seen on the road, you know, at his age. Mm-hmm. We were just browsing um, the classifieds and we were looking at all these boring SUVs, crossovers and everything else. And he was going, no, 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 no. And then in yeah. between, in between his, he was sending some pictures to his wife and she was saying, no, this is boring. This is ugly. So I said, listen, enough of all this. Let's just, you know, let's just go and have something to eat. Let's have a tetare mm. and have some goreng pisang. La. So mm. we went to our little favorite stall in PJ Old Town. You know, the machi was making the goreng pisang. We're sitting there having the tetare. And then this mini comes passing us and I looked at it and said hey you know this is a cute car and he says bro mini how to afford bro this one very expensive I said yes but this is the first generation countryman the mini says they evolved they don't look that aged yeah Yeah. so if you look at the picture of the countryman here now this is a 2011 car now that's for that's you know 13 14 years old but it doesn't look like it's 13 years old that's right you know So I said, uh, let me let me quick. So I quickly checked on my phone and said, "Hey, you will not believe this. I'm also shocked. They're going for around fifty thousand ringgit." Uh, he uh. said, "Not possible. Not possible." I said, "Listen, let's finish our drink. Let's finish our goreng pisang. Let's go home and do it on the computer because this phone <laughs> difficult for us <laughs> because we didn't bring our glasses, you see. So uh. we went home, looked at it on the computer screen, and then we started scrolling, scrolling, and we found about twenty odd units for sale, all between forty-five to sixty thousand ringgit. So I said. Okay. Let's let's give one a call and let's see which one is the nearest. We can go and have a look. So we called one up. It was in Sungai Besi. It's a big used car dealership. They've got multi, It's a big used car lot with multiple uh, dealerships inside the same lot. We called the guy. The guy said, oh, the car is here. Come over. No problem. We went over. We saw the car. Uh, actually, uh, for a 13-year-old car, not much of the interior looks worn. You know? Huh. There's no tears on the seat. There are no broken plastic. There's no, cra- you know, the early dashboard mini- hasn't started like. No, no, that's no. the thing. That's the thing, Richard. You see, you would ass- you assume all these old German or British or you know European yeah. cars will have a bit of sticky plastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cracked aircon vents. You know, then yeah. the, all the levers. Maybe you know, mini has got a lot of toggle switches. So you think one or two of the toggle switches will be broken? Nothing. The only uh-huh. thing was, the the shiny plastics were a little bit scratched because people with fingernails will use them. You know. And then, you know, when you move barang in and out of the car, handbag, watch, whatever. So you got some little scratches, but not deep scratches. These are like surface scratches. That's, that's, I, in fact, at night you won't notice it or so, you know? Uh, but yeah. everything else looked pretty decent. And the seats, front and back, not worn at all, no creases, no cracks, no tears. Door cards were fine. 
We started the car. Uh, the only thing is the dealer only allowed us to drive the car within the yard, which is like 100 meters. But we said, okay, you know, at least we could move yeah. it. We yeah. could see whether underneath there was any leaks. There was no leaks. Uh, the aircon wasn't cold, but I said that could be a gas problem or compressor. But, you know, it's a, it's a 13-year-old car. And then we came back and I told my friend, I said, why don't you drive it? And he drove it. He fell in love with it. He said, oh, it's... It, it feels so nice. It feels direct, you know. I say, yeah, even though the tires are a bit bald, it's it's not too bad. Suspension's uh-huh. still firm. So we sat down, we discussed with the with the dealer. The dealer did not want to budge because my friend was grinning all the time. <laughs> and I pre-warned him. I said, when you go in there, act like uh-huh. a grumpy old man, you know, like, like oh, why like this? Why like that? You know, but he's coming yeah. from his boring sedan. So he's like, oh, this guy is so much fun. He's grinning, you know. So the dealer, of course... Ah. He said, oh, this is a done dealer. Uh, this is like shooting ducks in a barrel. Yes. And the best part is, it was one of those, you know, you know, minis, they all come in two tones, right? Ah. So this had the Union Jack on the roof. It had stripes on it, you know, and, and everything was still pretty decent in condition. You know, I mean, you didn't have to respray the car. The only problem with buying a car from a dealer like this is they charge you 3,000 ringgit for the transfer and Puspacom check. Now, their cost is probably less than 1,000 ringgit. But they do this because this is where they make their money. But we got the dealer to give the car a full valet service. We got the dealer to agree to service the car at, he pays for the servicing, but at the place that we recommend. So a workshop that we recommend, whatever the servicing costs, not to repair anything, just to service the car. So you get a clean service bill. And, you know, I said, you know, if there's anything small, like you can change, like the floor mats, you know, can you get us back the original mat? He said he'll try, but he couldn't get it back because the previous owner had changed to some aftermarket mats. And this is the thing I don't understand. Beanies, BMWs, all these premium cars come with wonderful floor mats with the brand on it, the logo on it, and they're good quality mats. But people get taken by all this Facebook marketing and buy these cheap aftermarket mats that claim to be better than the original mat. You know, uh-huh, uh-huh. but the original mat fits the place so nicely, and it's so nice to look at because it 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 it, it fits the car. You know, it fits mm. the look and feel of the car. But anyway, so he got his mini clubman, sorry, his mini countryman. It's a one point six. Now they've got a Cooper and a Cooper S. Now the Cooper, of course, is a non-turbo version. Uh, that one has got both of them still share the same engine, one thousand five hundred ninety-eight cc, which is a one point six. Now the Cooper has got hundred and uh, 20 brake horsepower. The Cooper S has 184. So my friend bought the Cooper S. Then you've got um, uh, 240 newton meters of torque. So 0 to 107.9 seconds. Top speed is 225. This car, when it was new, this is the best part, was 280,000 ringgit. Wow. He paid 46,000 for this car. At 46,000 ringgit, okay, plus all the little things rounded up to 50, la, eh? that's 80% depreciation. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's also because you can't get loan on this car because it's more than 10 years. So when a car is more than 10 years, it's very difficult to get loan. Maybe 11 years, you can squeeze a bit. So if you can't get loan, you've got to pay cash. A lot of times, the car depreciates even more. Mm. So if this car was, say, 10 years old, it'll probably be about 80, 90, 100,000. Because if you look at the slightly newer versions, which are about 10 years old, they're about 90 to 100,000. So in the last three years, boom, they drop by half the price. Wow. So if you got cash... I think it's this. I think this is a car you should look at if you're looking for something a little bit fun. Road tax is cheap, maintenance not too bad because mm. why? There are so many on the road. The mechanics already know what to do. Parts are easy to get, and mm. their interiors still look great. How was the bodywork? Bodywork was fine. I mean, basically the car did not need a respray. 
the car did not need any touch up. It just needed a nice wax and polish, which the 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 the, the car dealer did. But uh, you know, of course, they do it themselves. They don't mm. use the best quality stuff. But mm. still, original paint was on the car with the original Union Jack on the top. These early models shared their engine technology with Peugeot. So if you can run an old Peugeot, like the Peugeot 308 and the 3008, and also the early 208, they all use the same 1.6 engine turbo and non-turbo. Right. It's called the Prince engine. So if you've got a budget of about 50000 cash, you're looking for something fun, something that doesn't look its age. I mean, if you arrive with this car today, most people think it's like four or five years old. Yeah. Unless they know the number plate, you know? They are good-looking cars still. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Okay, um, thank you for that, Daniel. No problem. Right then, folks, it's time for us to draw a close to this show, of course. Uh, we've uh, spoken about the Mercedes GLA 200, BMW, uh, the X5 plug-in hybrid, the Audi SQ8, the VW Golf GTI EV, potentially. We had a short update about Paradua's EV partnership. Then, of course, wrapping up with that used car review of the Mini Countryman 1.6 for all. That's all the time we have for Cruise Control for this week. If you missed any part of the show, go and download the podcast. Uh, we recommend using the BFM app. That's available in the Apple App Store or Google Play. My name is Rich Bradbury. On behalf of Daniel Fernandez from DSF.my and Ali Johan, this is Cruise Control here on BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.